0: Welcome to Planet Surgery, a medical podcast by Baxter Advanced Surgery Team. Hello everyone and welcome to the Planet Surgery podcast series. Insights into the world of surgeons, surgery and perioperative practitioners across Europe. My name is Catherine Gilbert and I'm the Medical Manager for Advanced Surgery UKI and the Nordics at Baxter. Today I will have the pleasure to interview Mr Nicholas Greaves. At Baxter, our vision is to be a global innovative leader in the operating room, providing solutions that improve patient outcomes and enhance lives. Baxter's podcast programme is a new way for you to hear from colleagues across the world. In this episode, Mr Nicholas Greaves from the Vascular Surgery Department of Manchester Royal Infirmary will share his experience on changing surgical pathways to improve efficiencies as well as the patient experience. Welcome, Mr Greaves. Thank you. Nice to be here. Um, so can you start by telling us about the issues that were faced at the Manchester Royal Infirmary that prompted your involvement in a pathway optimisation programme?
1: Certainly. I mean there were a number of big drivers um, flagged up by the trust. I think obviously trusts always want to make cost savings by reducing bed days, complication rates, readmission rates. They want to drive efficacies by reducing times and pathway efficiency and obviously wants to improve um, the patient experience from start to finish. But I think particularly in vascular, our situation has changed quite significantly in the last five years. There's been a trend or a shift um, towards centralisation of services. Um, And in 2017, Manchester Royal Infirmary, where we're now based, was chosen as the main central hub for vascular services in Greater Manchester. Since then, we've merged with with Ensure's vascular service to become a unit of 12 surgeons. And our workload has not just doubled, it's almost trebled since then. And we've had to try and find ways to get patients through a ever expanding service. And then we have to factor in that the third vascular centre in Greater Manchester, Oldham, is also being integrated into our service in the next 12 months. So we needed to establish pathways that allow us to expand rather than having to react and do things ad hoc when problems land and it was that basis that uh, has triggered this pathway optimization to try and make things more efficient for the patient and us
0: okay wow so you're saying that the the number of patients that you're dealing with and 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 that are, that you're operating on is, has increased a big amount
1: hugely yeah so we've noticed a, a huge increase or a spike during covid we're not sure if that's mm-hmm. particularly covid related but certainly centralization has massively increased our workload and um, the national vascular registry is the registry saves all the outcome data for our services and um, since we've merged we're now the second highest provider of carotids in the UK and when we go to merge with Oldham in 12 months uh, that'll be the second highest and the eighth highest units merging into one so we'll become by far the biggest provider in the country for this particular sort of operation and therefore we have to have pathways in place that work and get patients in operated on safely and out quickly.
0: Okay, so you you talk about that particular operation. So why were carotid endarterectomies identified as the operations to target? And what, what was happening with these cases before the audit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, carotids are um, they're a good operation to pick because, most importantly, they have a relatively predictable pre- and post-operative course. Most patients come in on the day of surgery as a semi-urgent case, And they usually leave within 24 to 48 hours in an ideal world uh, without anything so you know what you're going to get on the vast majority of cases as i've just said we have huge and expanding numbers of patients needing to come through so therefore it's a good operation to target i think thirdly and most importantly we have a number of sort of national targets that we need to hit that we're guided by so there's nice guidelines esvis guidelines that Patients who've had a recent stroke or TAA need to have their operation inside two weeks from their their index event. There's the British Association of Day Surgery, which suggests that 60% have to have their operation as day case. And then GERFT, which is get it right first time, has specified that we have to meet a number of targets, including our readmission rate being less than 8%, our length of stay being less than three days, a number of other things. So we have a huge pressure on us to provide a good service that's time efficient. We know from previous audits that the length of stay in our department for carotids was probably a bit excessive. When we audited prior to all this starting, our length of stay was 2.8 days, which I think is too high. Uh, And obviously that has big impacts on terms of cost and bed stays. And there's huge bed pressure on the NHS at the moment, and particularly in the last six weeks, um, it's absolutely skyrocketed. We're absolutely full. um, And so we have to be more efficient. I think that we identified this was a relatively quick win there was some there was some sort of low hanging fruit that we could target to improve things quite quickly uh, with minimal input and then obviously um, working with baxter allowed us to have access to new hemostatic products we weren't using particularly before that can help us become more time efficient doing the operation itself which has impacts on length of stay again and complication rates
0: okay fantastic so As part of the um, audit process, Baxter were involved to um, to help with the audit. What would what were some of the recommendations that came out of that?
1: So, yeah, I mean actually very, very helpful helping us source data and coordinate things, to be honest. And as I said, we audited before this started and we found that our length of stay was 2.8 days um, and that the time between clinic and operation was was nine days, 9.4 days. Since then, through observation of a theater setting and auditing our outcome data, we found there were three fairly easy areas to work on. And by particularly focusing on the patient admission and the operation, we could get some quick wins. So the first of those was um, looking at discharge summaries. So... One of the lead nurses on our wards audited when patients were being discharged and it was a common theme that they weren't having their discharge summaries done to at least 11 o'clock or midday. And by the time the medications were done, it was four or five o'clock in the evening, which meant the whole day had gone. So the easiest thing was to get the discharge summaries done on the day of surgery. So we've kind of changed our culture that the registrars or consultants, whoever does the operation note, does the operation note, the discharge letter and the NVR data all in the same sitting as a package of three. And that becomes the norm so that the DNF or discharge letter is done the following morning to go straight to pharmacy first thing. And that shaves a lot of time off. So that's an easy win. The second thing was education of the nurses really, uh, who are looking after the patients post-operatively and trying to develop some nurse led discharge criteria so that they were happy and confident to remove a drain if they had minimal output. And then actually, as long as patients met the relevant criteria, they could discharge the patients the following morning without having to be seen by us, the consultant vascular body. Our main problem currently is that since our merger, our inpatient workload is anywhere between 60 and 90 patients. And for one person to review that many patients, the post-op carotids weren't being seen till midday, one o'clock, two o'clock, hence the delay in discharge. So that was an easy, relatively easy fix. And the third thing was just to change some of our practice in theatre to deal with the different um, bleeding or hemostatic problems that we had. Um, I think, you know, on a technical level, we know that uh, if you've got a gap in your patch line, it's a simple stitch to fix it. But there are various ways to deal with needle hole bleeding. And all these patients on various anticoagulants preoperatively that mean they get a lot of oozing at the end of a case. So those three areas, what we targeted to improve our outcomes. And actually, just by doing those three things, we reduced our length of stay from 2.8 days to 1.6 days in sort of three, four months. So it had a big impact.
0: OK, well, that sounds fantastic. So the length of stay you're saying is reduced from 2.8 to 1.6 days. Have you had any other sort of feedback or um, or, or positive outcomes in terms of what, what you're hearing back from patients or the nurses on the wards?
1: Um, various things. I think the nurses... Um, are happy. They like nurse-led discharge. Uh, it works well. It empowers them. They're invested in the cases. They've gained an experience, and are happy to extrapolate that to other cases. I know the different specialities—lap and hepatobiliary—are doing similar sort of things. So it's it's nice that we see that. The patients are obviously uh, grateful. They get home quicker. You know, my wife's been in hospital a few times for different things, and I know what it's like seeing her frustrated when she knows she can go home, but you're waiting for things. So that's obviously better for them. But I think the main win is the number of spin-offs that have come from this. That have helped us to develop a pathway across the region and work with the different stroke centers in Greater Manchester to develop uh, SOPs for stroke pathways, dual imaging pathways at different spoke sites, referral methods uh, and all sorts of other outcomes, particularly repatriation, which was a big issue in terms of getting patients out of hospital that have improved since this whole process started as a necessary spin-off to make the pathway work more efficiently.
0: Great, um, And what about any challenges? Did you have any challenges in implementing um, the new endoterectomy pathways?
1: Always, uh, because it's the NHS, there are always challenges. And I think fundamentally, you know, no one likes change. So everyone thought the previous method was working OK, so why change it? So you did have resistance from nurses initially who were worried about taking drains out and making decisions. You had resistance from consultants who wanted to see their patients post-operatively because that's what they'd always done. You had issues from juniors who didn't want to do an extra piece of paperwork on the day of surgery. You've got hospital governance because this, this nurse-led discharge paperwork had to go through numerous committees to be approved, which took time. Um, and other pressures, such as standard NHS pressures, you know, we have huge pressures for bed that I've already mentioned. So just trying to get these patients in is a difficulty that we're struggling to get around. Um, and other things like repatriation I said have improved since but are not perfect. So there's always resistance to every step of the way, but we have made inroads into making it better.
0: I suppose it's uh, always going to be a little bit of a work in progress with the when you adopt anything novel like this. Absolutely. Um, you, you spoke about how your um, the other offshoots in terms of um, in making improvements on other SOPS for stroke and things and dual imaging. Um, what about any other operations that you've identified within vascular? Is there any any opportunity there?
1: There's a few. Uh, I think. Um, EVAR is the one that would be the most sort of suitable. So endovascular aneurysm repair using stent grafts to fix aneurysms. And there is a cohort of that patient demographic who are suitable for percutaneous intervention, who really could be a day case procedure as long as they're well selected. And again, you had the same sort of criteria for nurse led discharge for those patients. So I think this service could expand to that in time. And certainly our EVAR numbers, although they've reduced fractionally, we're still doing a huge number of aneurysms. And so there's a definite um, need for it, I think. Other than that, I think, you know, our varicose veins are already day case. There's not many other operations within vascular that really fit the right remit, but I think carotids and EVARs is enough work that would make a big difference to our service
0: overall. Absolutely. Um, I wonder if you would just um, sort of enlighten or perhaps recognise some of the um, other members of the team that were involved in order to get this um, pathway improvement sort of off the ground and up and running. I know there were some key players and it would be sort of a miss not to mention or recognise them.
1: Yeah, so I think um, from the Baxter perspective, Adam Clare and uh, Lottie naylor Brown. We're instrumental in being a fairly constant figure in the background, just helping to drive things along because we as clinicians get very distracted very quickly and find other things to do. Um, some of the specialist nurses on the the, the wards have been very helpful and um, I think the juniors have accepted this all very well, to be honest, they, they've really taken to it and as I say, it's just changing the culture around a procedure. That's been important, um, and I think we've had numerous discussions about it in different meetings that have helped that change come into effect. So there's no one else particularly that I, I, I can I can think to thank, but obviously it is a change that everyone's adopted uh, fairly painlessly.
0: Um, fantastic. Um, but before we close, are there any take-home uh, points you think that um, that that would be of of interest or to remind uh, other colleagues about uh, who are working in centres? who might be looking at adopting an approach like this
1: um, I, th- I think i think it is uh, as everything a team approach involving the right people uh, i think the beauty of this has been that it is it is a relatively easy quick fix that has got good results and um, that uh, almost anywhere I can adopt there's always efficiencies that can be uh, uh, found and um, it just needs the right mindset and an open mindset to change. And I think our merger has actually allowed that to happen partly through need, but also through people having to change their practices because they're working in different places. And um, so I think going forward, it is just identifying the need and then having uh, you know, the team around you who can help get data and drive it in the background and keep progress going when you get distracted by other things is the most important thing.
0: All about teamwork then?
1: It's teamwork, absolutely.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Greaves, for those valuable insights on pathway optimization. The work you've done sounds like it's really improved the experience for patients, but also created opportunities for cost savings and, and improved your ability to meet in the nice and girth targets by reducing the length of stay. I hope your colleagues and other trusts have been able to learn about this way of working with industry. Thank you very much to the audience for listening. And don't forget to come back to listen to our next episode. Please contact us for any feedback or questions or if you would like to be our next speaker.